welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game and Spaced Wolf Ghost Ghost Wolf Coasted Coast Stuff. I screwed up. Yes, you did. <laughs> all right. Good start we got going on. I am uh, Kevin, a.k.a. Chops, and that's all I've got for today. Uh, this is Potter, and I'm not a curmudgeon today. Not what? a curmudgeon today. Not a curmudgeon. No curmudgeon. Who are you, and what have you done with Chris? Uh, secretly, he is tied up in the closet. I have taken over. I'm in L&D. Just don't tell S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> okay. I thought that was, you know, apt for kind of our discussion for today. That is apt. I am, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about our question. Yeah. Sure. Or our, our topic, I guess, not question. Derp, yeah. derp, derp. Yeah, because I actually... I'm, I'm winning tonight. I'm just all over the, the right terminology and, and saying things just, just perfectly. You're, you're radio, you're radioing... Is that how you say the word? Damn it, it's Man, contagious. It's, it's contagious, it's Paul. It's contagious. You guys are the oh, worst. Shit. Uh, we could, all right, so we let's get, the, let me get this. Let me get this out of the way. You guys have probably seen the title of this, and I'll say right away, right now, uh, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, uh, you'll probably want to stop. We'll say spoiler time when, or something like that, when we're ready to actually start talking about the movie. But before we even get into hobby progress, the thing we're going to talk about most today is Avengers Endgame because we're all big nerds. And we want to talk about it. We haven't really had a chance to talk about it together. We thought it might be a cool little interim discussion to have on the podcast. Um, If you guys don't like this, we'll uh, take your feedback and not do it. Um, But this time we're doing it and you're living with it. So, yeah. (laughs) Now, now, now that 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 being being said, Chops, um, I don't care. We're doing it for Star Wars. Oh, valid. Valid, but I mean, we could just do it as a bonus episode. It won't be like a, a definite weekly thing. Sure, anyway. sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, well, we'll see when it in December. Anyway, like us three uh, hobby progress, hobby progress. You guys. Uh, for for me, uh, I I'm I'm working on my uh, legendary space ghost wolf. So if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, basically I'm painting for Wild West Exodus, my legendary ghost wolf. Uh, but I decided I was just going to go straight up uh, uh, Space Wolves uh, colors on them. It's a good color scheme. Cool. It's a good choice. Yeah, it's it's, about, neat. Uh, it's, it's, he- it's heavily washed, so it's nice and dark underneath. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's almost spectral looking. Yeah. For me, uh, I have actually been. Uh, I got my. I got my aliens uh, from from my uh, from my cellar. So I've been going through and cleaning up mold lines, washing resin, uh, putting models on bases, uh, and I've actually uh, legit have primer on models. Bullshit. Um, I I will take a picture. You can put it on the Twitter. Um, wait, let me look. I've got uh, the Chigo Beta. Primed. I've got a Chigo or a Locust Beta Primed, and I've got uh, the old Viridian Alpha uh, Sculpt Primed. Wow, I'm impressed. Yep, and then I've got all my all my Grazer mold line cleaned. I've got a unit of uh, Viridian Beta or Viridian Chigos mold lines are cleaned and built. I'm working on a second unit. Don't know if they're going to be Locust or Chigos yet. 
So yeah, I've I've got an army now. I'm not having to borrow one anymore. That's exciting because then you'll you'll be able to paint it and it'll be all yours and you can mm-hmm. hug it and love it and call it George. Yes. Yes, I will. Now I want to watch Looney Tunes. And that's funny because I'm thinking, gee, I want to watch of mice and men. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I'm trying to get it all. I'm trying to at least get some semblance of paint on at least the Viridian uh, posse box. Because I will be conducting a demo day next week on the 16th at uh, Gamers Armory. If you're in the local area, North Carolina, Raleigh, uh, come on out. Um, I'll be be running demos for Wild West Exodus. Shameless plug. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there too. Yes. So Chops, what you been up to? Uh, building and painting my order models. I got uh, Zane and Oren uh, both assembled today. I gotta tell you, when I pulled them out of the box, I was surprised to see a gray on one of the resin frames. I was like, did I get this wrong? And then I realized that uh, one of them is stabbing a gray through the back, and it's part of the base. Uh, oh, that's oh, awesome. Cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I I'm also uh, just finished off my Luminant cohort, finally. Man, I can't believe it took me two and a half weeks to paint three models, but it's just been that kind of uh, two and a half weeks for me. Uh, and I haven't had a lot of a lot of hobby time, but you know, say la vie, right? That's, that's how it works. Yep. Yeah, that's better than no hobby time, right? Yep, you for sure. Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, it's just crazy that it's taking me that long to get three models done. Um, welcome, welcome to the world that the rest of us live in, Chaps. I know, I know. Well, um, I think then uh, that will. Wait, I have one more thing. I have, I have, oh, before oh, we transition, oh, sorry, I have sorry, one more thing sorry, I want to talk sorry, about. Sorry, sorry. Right, cool. Um, this this past weekend was exciting because I ran oh, a Wild yeah. West Exodus tournament. How did that go, Paul? Yeah. It went super well. We had uh, seven people show up, so I ended up playing, and so that made it an eight-man tournament. Uh, it was a 750-point intro tournament. went very well. Uh, I think everybody had a good time. I got lots of positive feedback from it. And uh, it actually ended up only being two rounds because the, uh, the the Stevens ended up playing each other after both winning round one, uh, and they ended up playing to a draw. So that left uh, Ray from Third Floor Wars, who beat me in round one, uh, the person with uh, six points. So he was ahead of everybody, so that meant he officially won. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that was that was kind of fun. And then after that, because it was a round shorter than we all thought it would be, we all kind of broke off and uh, played a, another game for fun. Some of us, uh, we were just kind of all over the place points-wise. Uh, I ended up playing a 1,500-point game on a 3x3. Three three. Um, I would not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it probably took about 45 minutes off the game time. Uh, just because I brought the lycanthrope boys, and uh, they're really fast. Huh. But it was it was a good time. So I would I would highly recommend uh, uh, people playing Wild West Exodus tournaments. It was it was it was a good time. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll try and make that work. I got you know I got four people now. I got four people officially in and invested. Hopefully I can get a couple more, and we can do a we can do a little seven hundred fifty or thousand point tournament. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm so, be, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I for I'm gonna be trying to run our first area's first 1500 point uh, tournament uh, in June. So that's I will, that will be my first time ever running a tournament. I 
prepare for me to screw up big time. All right. <laughs> I'll be following his up with one in, on, on July 20th at Game Theory. Yep. Yeah, yours is more for the slow go rewrite. Slow grow league. Well, no, we'll just run it as a fifteen hundred, but it'll end up at the end of the slow grow. That, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yours is the culmination of the slow grow. Yes, but you're not obligated to play your slow grow posse in the right, right, right. Gotcha. They're not one and the same. Correct. Okay, so anyway, let's move on. Unless you guys have other game stuff to talk about. Um, I do not. Nope. All right. Been a quiet so, week. Uh, as well, I guess from where we're recording last weekend, was it only last weekend? Jeez. Yeah, this was the second week. This is the second weekend that it was open. Okay, so so, uh, I'll, I'll just go with last weeks. last weekend. Yeah, two weekends ago, um, was a hell of a weekend. Uh, lots of Game of Thrones stuff, and uh, and uh, Avengers Endgame came out. So, uh, it was a it was a pretty heavy nerd based weekend, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I was lucky enough to see Endgame pretty early on. Chris, I think you saw it what, I went opening, Thursday. I, yeah, I, I got lucky and somehow found a theater that still had seats available on opening night. So I got I got in and they were actually like, you know, it's not like I was craning my neck, you know, and taking you know, volume at the end of it because my neck was hurting so bad. You know, it was actually really good, legit seats. So. Yeah, and, and the way that I found mine was I'm pretty sure that the theater that I went to had posted uh, that showing that Saturday morning uh, of release weekend because I found it about 11 o'clock and there wasn't a single seat sold for a 12, 10 a.m. showing. And by the time the movie started, there was not an open seat in the house. Yeah. I go. still remember when you texted me, you were like, hey, Potter, you should come to this 1210 showing for this three hour long movie. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? My, my thing is the people who uh, the people who uh, were at working at the movie theater when we left were super kind and super nice. Uh, if I were them, I would have been like, get the fuck out of my theater. Did you did um, you fall asleep like our second showing of uh, Last Jedi? When we no, that no, no, no. I was I was wide awake. I was wide awake. Um, and then Chops, Chops was the holdout on seeing it, uh, and he saw it this past weekend. That's correct. I so, saw it on Saturday morning. Yeah, saw it, so, on, saw it on May the fourth. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. But uh, just just speaking of May the fourth, and and somewhat related to the movie, did you guys catch that Star Wars trailer? That was the best part of the movie, the <laughs> Star Wars trailer on the big screen. Yeah, it I, was pretty I, great. I will admit, I I did clap for that one. I would say the whole suite of trailers was actually pretty fun. Yeah, they did a good job. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the Detective Pikachu trailer. I don't know if we got the same round of trailers, right? But I assume they're similar just because it's like the Man, movies every, that are coming every out. Every time Mewtwo shows up, I, I about get so excited. I also uh, I also keep enjoying uh, the Thor and Valkyrie cosplaying on Earth trailer. Every time I see it, <laughs> I want to see that movie a little bit more. You know, uh, of course, I had, I'm talking I about had... Men in Black International. <laughs> I had zero desire to see Men in Black, you know, at all when I saw the trailers and they were announcing that it was coming out. And then you said that I think I think you said that last week while we pre-recording, <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. I, I'm seeing this movie now. <laughs> Every time I see the trailer, I'm just like, oh, it's Thor and Valkyrie. Uh, it's really great. But, it makes uh, it hilarious, to be honest. With yeah, you. It, 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 I'm just that's going to be my headcanon the whole way through the movie. Yeah, it's an MCU movie. Um. 
uh, I saw, we also I saw Hobbs and Shaw was a trailer we saw, eh. which was a, uh, you know, it's a Fast and the Furious movie. What do you what do you say about that? I, yeah. I have a little bit of soft spot for The Rock, so um, I would I would watch it, and I don't the, mean a soft spot in the in the big mouth uh, eye test way, but um, yeah, I mean I like his movies. Yeah, I just yeah I, I don't know. I, I've uh, I don't. It's a funny thing that I don't know that since I was 16 years old I've ever missed a Fast and the Furious movie in the theater. I don't know why I keep going to see them because I don't always love them, but I kind of always have fun at them. Uh, so except for maybe like I don't know Tokyo Drift that was kind of weak, uh, or Too Fast Too Furious also a little weak. But you know the majority of the movies are at least fun. Uh, so I'll probably go see it because you know I wasn't very excited, and then the trailer just like went over the top ridiculous like halfway through, and I decided that I would probably see it. You, you're talking about the scene where he's like smashing the dude's face against the other uh, the face retinal scan. That is the one. Yes, that is yep. that is the exact part <laughs> I decided to see the movie. Yeah, I just that just looks amazing. I don't know. Like I, I think the last time I watched a Fast and Furious movie, Paul Rudd was still alive. Or not Paul Rudd. Paul uh, Rudd Paul. is still alive. Yeah, wrong Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're about to Paul oh, Rudd. Right. I don't have a radio. We apologize for Chris thinking you were dead. Please don't ever <laughs> die, Paul Rudd. Please don't ever die. Uh, no, whatever his name, Paul what? Walker. Yeah, there you go, Walker. Like I think that I think the last time I watched the Fast and Furious movie, he was still alive. All right. Uh, I'll be honest ago. with you. The last time I watched a Fast and the Furious movie was the first one. Jeez, man. They I got, still they, remember. I still remember being in high school, watching that movie, and then getting in my buddy's Toyota Tercel, and then be like, "All right, let's do it!" and just reacting like street racers in a Toyota Tercel. All right. So what I'll tell you guys is that or, they are the beer and pretzels wargaming of. Uh, of oh, that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I, I can recommend them uh, as long as you're willing to watch them within that capacity. But I think that. I mean, there was the Lion King trailer too. That was the other one. Um, Lion King trailer was good. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was surprisingly moved by it. Uh, my, but uh, uh, I'm gonna curmudge in that one. I'm gonna. Uh, so what I'm gonna say is my caveat is that I can't handle when people call it a live action movie. <laughs> it's still a goddamn. I know cartoon. that's exactly what my kid said to me. She was like, "It's not live action. It's all CG." It's still yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, but yeah. it still looks like a good remake. I I also am like an unabashed. Uh, um, uh, childish Gambino fan, right? Like, I, I just everything he does, man. I'm excited. So, um, with him playing Simba, I'm I'm in 100. percent Like Donald Glover's the man. Now, so, is he doing adult Simba or is he doing kid Simba? I think he's adult Simba. Adult. Yeah, okay, Simba. that I I like that yeah. a lot better. That means he'll be in the movie a lot more. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's going to be fine. Um, you know, it's it's done by John Favreau, who did. You know, obviously the, the first two Iron Man movies, and, and he, Man did movies. The, yeah, he did the, yeah, he did Mandalorian. the Mandalorian, the Mandal, yeah, he's doing the Mandalorian, um, and he also did, Chef, he did Jungle which Book, which is amazing. Well, he did Jungle Book too, which which was yep. I think one of Disney's you know first real adaptations of of these movies. Like you know, Maleficent obviously was the first, but it's not you know based right. off Sleeping Beauty. It's more Maleficent, but Jungle Book was really what's kind of started it. And he did, it, I thought he did a great job with that movie. I thought so too. I thought it was great. Yeah, so I, I think he's if he takes what he did with Jungle Book and improves on it, I mean he's got an all star cast. I mean you've got Donald Glover, uh, you got um, uh, freaking uh, what's his Seth uh, Seth uh, Seth uh, what the hell's his name? 
the guy that did the Pineapple Express. Rogan. Yeah, yeah. Seth Rogan is your is Pumbaa. Like I'm about that. I don't know what it is, yeah. but that's just a perfect casting for it. You got Beyonce as Nala, which I think is a good choice for it as well too. As much yeah, as I don't gonna, like Beyonce, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah. But 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 we've we talked a lot about trailers. Let's get to the movie. Uh, so first off, spoiler alert right now. If you haven't seen Endgame, this is your final warning. Turn it off right now. All right. Are you still yeah, here? Unless you don't care. Unless you want to hear yeah. about the movie from us. Yep. Um, so um, I guess uh, we'll we'll talk. So intro the movie, right? So um, so I, I don't know how you wanted to cover this, Paul. I'll let you take the lead here. As far as introing the movie, well, as we know, it is the third Avengers movie, and uh, it just kind of ra- I mean, essentially, what it's doing is wrapping up uh, eleven years worth of, of Marvel films. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it was like yeah, second. Is that what it is? Movie, second yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's it's right. Second, thinking, second, fourth movie, Infinity second War. half of Infinity War. Second half of right. Infinity War. So, and 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 so basically, it's wrapping up the story that that Marvel's been building to for eleven years, um, yep. which is quite an ambitious project, right? Like nobody's done that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No, I mean it's yeah. It's, th- this is this has been something that yeah, unrivaled. ten years. I think. There's nothing like it that's been done in film to this point. I mean, what I'm going to say, spoiler alert, I love this movie. Uh, and I will say it is the, if of all of the comic book movies that I've ever seen, watching this movie, this this movie made me feel like a 12-year-old reading a comic book in bed late at night more than any other comic book movie I've ever seen. So that's, very, that's, my, very... that's my one shot on it. Yeah, it is very comic book feeling. Mm-hmm. You know yep. that's that's uh, I I will fully agree. It is a very comic book movie. Yeah, I mean the one thing that's been really good about a lot of the the way that they've been doing these Marvel movies is you know obviously adapt, adapt, adapting them. God, I can't speak today. Adapting them to you know modern settings and, and taking those stories and and putting them as where it would be really kind of plausible. You know, if these kind of things, technology, you know, magic, whatever exists in the world, like they do it in a realistic way. And then they've got that Marvel humor, you know, to, to break it up. And it's really good. Um, I will say, though, my only probably negative feedback, and I know, Paul, you and I, I think you and I have talked about this, is where if this was a DC movie, I don't think it would be – if, if you just took out the Marvel characters and put in the DC characters – this movie would not be as successful because they would just be bashing it for being too dark, being, you know, unrealistic, I think. You know, just the way that a lot of the bashing of the DC movies are. And I, I it, to me, it felt at the end of it with the darkness of it, it felt like it could have been a DC movie. Yeah, let's, let's, let's come back to that. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just go through uh, some of the basics here. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so... Uh, Chris, can you can you uh, kind of catch us up as to where this movie starts us off? Oh God! Uh, it's just starts, just just a quickie, just a quickie. Get, get. Uh, it starts on one of the best openings for for the movie I've seen, just in terms of just like hitting you right in the feels right off the bat. Um, so th- this movie picks up literally moments before the snap in Infinity War, and you're with uh, you're with Hawkeye's family. He's sitting there with his his wife and son are over there putting a picnic together, and him and his daughter are are practicing, you know, bow and arrow, and then boom, 
you know, freaking Hawkeye's entire family just fucking disappears. And he loses his shit. Like, and that's that's the start of the movie. That set the tone for the whole movie. And it's like, as a father, like, that hit me. <laughs> like, I, yeah, you know, it, I'd be sitting sure. there playing with my kid and then all of a sudden she's gone. Like, yeah, that, that hit hard. It set him up to finally be Ronin, too. Yep. Like, they... Uh... They definitely set that up well, and then and that yeah, that's the, the the where the movie picks up. And then if you want, I can give a pretty quick time synopsis or a quick like plot synopsis. Yeah, do that. And then go we for can it. go from there. All right, so um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. It's a three hour movie, right? Um, so after the cold open, we lead into uh, the Avengers just post snap, pissed off. Um, through uh, a pulse that they discover in space, they find out where Thanos is. And in a move that completely took me by surprise, they go and they confront Thanos right away and they find out that he destroyed, he used the Infinity Stones to destroy the Infinity Stones and basically almost killed himself in the process. Uh, at this point, our our Avengers, our loyal Avengers, find out that uh, there's no chance of getting everybody back. Um, Thor at this point is like, you know, kind of suffering, I think from PTSD at this point, because he's realized at the, in this moment that he didn't kill Thanos when he had the chance. Uh, and now he'll never get the chance again and decapitates Thanos right there on the mark. And we're like 15, 20 minutes in the movie and Thanos is dead. I was like, holy shit. You know, I looked over at my wife and I was like, are, are the credits going to roll? What are we going to do? Thanos is dead. What's the rest of this movie going to be about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it fast forwards to five years later. Um, the world is not much improved, as you can imagine, because, you know, you lose half the population all of a sudden. It's going to be pretty hard to just bounce back. Like that's that's like a world trauma that, I, you know, I don't know that we could comprehend. So I think it's plausible that even five years in the future, um, we haven't really picked up the pieces. Um and it is in this five years in the future that a rat conveniently crawls across a van uh, dashboard that we know pretty well from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and at this point, uh, we get Ant-Man back. So Paul Rudd, not dead, flies back into the screen. My apologies, Paul Rudd. <laughs> and uh, he's like trying, you know, walking around trying to figure out what happens. It's a pretty cool little nod to previous movies. He goes to the wall where the forgotten are or the lost. And then, uh, you know, sees that his daughter's name isn't there, but his name is. So he runs, tries to find her and he finds his daughter. And I think this is when he puts together how long he's been gone. Cause he finds his daughter as a teenager uh, or a mm-hmm. late teenager, right? 17, 18 years old. When, you know, when he left her, she was, you know, 12 or 13 or so. Um, this cues him back to realize that time is a little bit different for him than it was for everyone else. Uh, he rushes, to the Avengers headquarters has a very funny moment out in the, that we've all seen in the trailer where he's like, Hey, it's me, Ant-Man. You guys remember me? We, uh, we met back on the airfield and they let him in and he explains that time moves different. So they figure out maybe we can do this time travel thing. And this is when the movie, I think pivots into a, a moment of, of sheer brilliance. And it was when it dawns on the audience that this is about to be a time caper. So we've got a time heist on track here. Uh, and the time heist involves uh, a figuring out how to go back in time and then going back to exact moments where they know that the infinity stones are and gathering them so they can unsnap. 
so, you know, skipping forward a little bit, Tony, uh, you know, he's pissed off at the group, but ends up reconciling with the group when he figures out how to make the time travel thing work, decides that as long as they don't fuck with who is alive currently, because he has had a daughter at this point with Pepper Potts and does not want to lose her, uh, they will go back and they'll try and unsnap the situation. And this is really funny. They go through some really funny time travel tropes uh, and have a very interesting theory on how time and multi-timelines work through time travel. It's pretty fun. Um, and eventually they decide they're going to go back to a few different places in time. They go back to, to Asgard, uh, New York, uh, the, the opening scene from guardians of the galaxy. Uh, they end up going to where uh, the, uh, the soul stone was while some people are doing the guardians of the galaxy scene. And, you know, they, they go through some, some capers, they go through some fun times, trials, tribulations, good scenes. They end up putting the stones back together with one little hitch. Um, and the hitch is that Nebula, when she goes back, uh, her memory ends up like sort of interlacing with that timeline's Nebula. And while Thanos is debugging her at one point, he ends up seeing current Nebula and figuring out that he has actually succeeded in the future and that there are people coming from the future to undo what he did. Uh, and this ultimately culminates into Thanos coming back through the time gate that the Avengers opened and them having a big epic battle uh, after they unsnap everything uh, and basically trying to keep Thanos from resnapping. And the whole, the whole thing uh, sort of culminates with Tony Stark sacrificing himself to destroy Thanos and everyone that rides with Thanos in one final snap. Um, and then Captain America replaces the time stone or replaces all the infinity stones back to where they need to go uh, and ends up staying back with Peggy, which I think is an amazing ending. Um, and so that's like the very, as fast as I could make the synopsis, I thought I was going too long. So I tried to speed it up there. No, that was um, good. That's the, the, uh, that was, that was a very synopsis. good synopsis actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, show's over. You know, synopsis done. Yep. We're good. All right, we're done. Yep, we're good. All right, everybody <laughs> no, can go home. J- just kidding. So successes. <laughs> Please so, still listen, guys. Guys, yeah. what do you, what, what worked well for you guys? Go ahead, Chris. I'm thinking. Um, okay. If you're not ready, I can go. Yeah, you go. You go. Okay, I think uh, the thing that I thought worked absolute best was uh, Fat Thor. Yes. So can we call and, him? Can we just call him Dude Thor for for now? Because he was definitely Lebowski. He was. Right? He was. So, the, he was Lebowski. Yeah, that's true. He was. He was Dude Thor. I like that. Um. Yeah. So I thought Dude Thor was great because. And actually, I've never been a big fan of the Thor movies, and I absolutely despise Ragnarok. Boo. Um. Just because. Yeah, boo. Boo that's, a, that's a whole other boo. podcast. Anyway. Um. So the fact that I connected most with his character, maybe it's because I'm fat. Um the most most with his character throughout that movie uh shocked me um just just because you go from that seeing seeing a hero go and and realize they they fucked it all up and half the population of the universe died because of of his one mistake um and i mean he took it hard you know so it was so it was good seeing that um that there was repercussions uh, I think that's that's one of the things that, uh, while Marvel movies do tend to have repercussions, they're never quite that severe. Um, 
so it was it was it was definitely very good to see that I, yeah it was, that made his me arc was awesome like to go through like that trauma to like sort of get the good great pep talk um <laughs> from his mom mm-hmm. um and then you know redeem himself to the point where i am like as excited for guardians of the galaxy 3 as i have been oh, for yeah. any marvel movie coming forward because it would appear that dude thor is part of the crew <laughs> Yep. What yeah. what he I mean he even called them the Asgardians, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I mean so I'm going to I'm going to jump on that too because it and this is going to go what you said earlier and like you know this is this is 10 years this movie is 10 years in the making. Look at Thor's character over the last 4 5 or let's see he's been in four Avengers movies and he's had three of his own so the last seven movies that Thor has been in and the kind of character development that this character has had since the very beginning. You know, at first we had this very arrogant. You know, we had two movies focusing on a very arrogant Thor. You know, he you know he can't do any wrong. He's you know he's the prince of everything. You know, he's the golden boy. And then he falls and he recovers from that. You know, and then we have everything that he went through with losing his mom, losing Loki, and all that. Now we have the the repercussions of him again. Now either doing more further character development in this movie with with failing at killing Thanos and you know failing his people losing his entire race you know not being able to save everybody like he has had such great character development over the last 11 years or well probably 10 years for him since I think Thor was like a year after Iron Man but I mean as a character like 10 years of him building and this movie was the best culmination of that character development over 10 years I think out of any of the Avengers that have been done since you know since Black Widow, Iron Man, Cap. I don't think any of them has, has had such good character development in this movie that Thor did. Dude Thor was the best. Yeah, I was a big fan of Dude Thor. Also, I was a big fan of Smart Hulk. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, Professor I Hulk. Like, Professor Hulk, too. I, I feel like he, uh, yeah, Professor Hulk stole the scene every time that he was in it. Like, him messing with the, the machine the first time they tried to send Ant-Man back. Him when they get to New York and he's like posturing and like, uh, you know, like breaking <laughs> okay. stuff and dabbing. Like, See, and that's, and, that's, and, that's where, and that's where I'll actually, that's where I'll differ from you on that. Because knowing what Professor Hulk is in the comics, this is where I think that they took, a, the Russo brothers took a major diversion of the Hulk character. The Hulk is not a, a byproduct of the gamma radiation. It is a side of Banner that is a result of the the torture and the the childhood that he was put through with all the beatings and the depression he suffered from that and, and what he went through as a child. And that's the anger that it is. Even as Professor Hulk, he's still Hulk. He's still angry. He still beats stuff up. And when they went to New York and he's like, Err, punch car. Rawr. Like, that's not Hulk. Like, even when he's still Professor Hulk, he's still Hulk. He's still beating things up. He's still crushing things because he's still angry. And that, that, I, I mean, that that's probably fair, but I, I still really enjoyed the direction they took him, and I thought I mean, he was great. I love that they put Professor Hulk in there. I, I love the fact that we finally have fully talking Hulk. Um, You know, I hope that Disney can work out their issues with Universal so we can finally get another standalone Hulk movie. Um, especially seeing where we go now that Hulk has been so damaged and harmed from putting on the Infinity Gauntlet there at the end and, and snapping the world back. You know, he's he he was just as damaged as, uh, as uh, Thanos was from that. So I would love to see them experiment with him and explore him more. 
but obviously we got to work that out. Disney's got to work that out with Universal so we can get another standalone film. They'll just buy them. I yeah, hopefully. I mean, I'm hoping that, that we get a something like Spider-Man level Sony agreement. Hopefully, at minimum. All right. So guys, uh, so we, I mean, we kind of hinted at it, but what what were your like? best like so we we have best moments best visuals and best dialogue and i feel like the best thing for us to do here is to combine these uh and not necessarily that they have to be the same thing just to talk about them openly at the same time because for me best moments and best dialogue go together in some parts um even with best you know best visuals and you know I'll, i'll go ahead and go first here instead of putting you guys on the spot so like for me uh best moments in the movie and best dialogue were when they did really clever like almost Easter eggs, um, but like callbacks and, and fun things. Like one of my absolute favorite scenes is the scene when Captain America, when they, you know, they're on the time heist and they're back in New York and he gets on the elevator to get Loki's staff. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to take this now guys. And, you know, he's got all of his experience and all of his knowledge because, you know, he's already lived through what these guys all do. Right. Uh, and that part when he's like, I'll take it now. He's like, hail Hydra. And they give him the staff. <laughs> like I laughed out loud in the theater. It was so good. Cause like the whole time it's like a big red herring. They're like, Oh shit. They're going to do another elevator fight. Oh dude. It's going to be like civil war all over or like a uh, winter soldier all over again. Right. Yep. But they, uh, but nope, it's, uh, it's definitely not that. And they, uh, and they, you know, subvert your expectations with that amazing hail Hydra line. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he runs into present day cap and he's like, I found Loki. <laughs> like, that whole yeah, sequence that was... to me. I love that one. The, oh. the other thing I kind of took that as was a little, uh, was a little fu to all the people that were bitching about the Hail Hydra in the comic books. Yeah, that's mm. where I was thinking it was going as too with the whole Cap was a secretly a, a Hydra soldier the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I that, so I, I kind of looked at that as a as a fu to to that whole debacle. But and, uh, yeah, and, you're right. I mean, it was just it was just great seeing that uh, you know he learned from his experience and was able to uh, not end up in that same exact fight. Well, yeah. and also you could say, again that you could where we're going with this character development. Like in that scene, he's nowhere near as naive as you know old New York Cap old is. New York Cap, yep. That's like for sure you know true. the way he fights himself, he he fights a little dirty. Yep. But you know yep. he learned. You know with everything that he went through with Civil War, with Infinity War, like it. it I like that. It was a growth. As much as I hate Captain America as a character, I can't. Dan Captain America. I think Chris Evans has done a fantastic job portraying Captain. I just have always hated Cap in the comics. I just, I don't like him. All right, and I got one more. I don't want to steal all your guys' dialogue, but another part that I really loved was the part when um, Rocket was having his little emotional moment, and he's like, you know, I don't care. He's, you know, he's talking to Thor, and he's like, I don't care how unmotivated you are. We had families. Like, I lost Groot. I lost Drax. I lost Gamora. I lost the chick with the antenna. (laughs) 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 Yep. (laughs) I caught me off guard. And again, I laughed out loud. It totally caught me off guard. That line, I laughed. But that's another one. I was waiting for the the, the, the stab at uh, at Quill for that one, but the Mantis, yeah, the, <laughs> the Mantis one, right? Yeah, that, it was it was so good. Like that's that was like perfect Marvel movie humor for me. Like it's a perfect example of like the clever humor that you get in the movies. And again, like 
you you got to see rocket both being rocket and also you know being like sincere which was really great yeah yeah, yeah i, I didn't was great yeah. So uh, my my favorite dialogue is going to be a little bit different than what you guys picked. Um, I haven't seen the dialogue yet. Thank you. you didn't? No, no. Nope. I haven't got to that. Was yet. me. That's two. Uh, for this me. has been all chops. He, 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 he took two, man. He took two turns. Okay. All right. That's why. That's why I got confused. All right, Potter, go ahead. Go ahead. Because sure? mine's a little different. So okay. I'll, I'll... All right. Well, my, mine's not mine's not humorous at all either. Uh, mine, I think the best scene, best dialogue for me uh, was when when we enter into the fight with Thanos. You know, Cap stands up, and you know all the all the heroes from the Snapper are being ported in by by Doctor Strange and his ilk. Uh, when Spider Man shows up, and he is just going a mile a minute, hyperactive with Stark, and he's talking about, man, this was like, I what happened? I was on the ship. The only person who was there was Strange. What's going on? And then just like Iron Man just hugs him. Like yeah. I just love that scene. I thought that was fantastic. It, it just showed Tony growing as a character and, and, and the, the failures that he had and, and how much he actually cares for Parker. Like, but there that was, was such a, a good line there. Peter Parker going, oh, oh this is nice. <laughs> was so yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. See, I I'm actually thinking about going to see the movie again this weekend because like, I'm not like, like – I don't catch movie lines like that. Like it takes me like two or three times watching a movie to remember lines from it. So I, I forgot about it. But that scene was – I just thought was just – it was just a continuation of the uh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so well seen. And it, I think it was just done so well. I, I really liked that one. Yeah, it was great. That was a really good moment for sure. All right, Paul, go. So uh, mine is uh, from the very, well, not I guess not the very, very end of the movie, but pretty close to the end of the movie. Uh, but when, when Happy was sitting there with uh, Tony's kid uh, oh, and they started dude, talking the about having hamburgers. Oh, all the oh, cheeseburgers. Oh, man. Yeah, that that to me was one of the best dialogue moments of the movie. Just like grabbed you and punched you in the gut. You know, I, in all the right ways. In all the right ways. With everything that's you know, Happy had such a. It wasn't a big in Home Spider-Man: Homecoming. He didn't have a big part, but you know, he had a a pretty significant part in that movie. With the so the new Spider-Man trailer dropped today. I was going to sidebar to this, and he he has like an Iron Man level role in it. Yeah, it he does. Amazing. It, and I love the fact I love the fact that Marvel did it right and made you know the spoiler like hey if you haven't watched Endgame please do not watch this trailer I thought that was because super they great spoil, yeah because they spoil the end of Endgame in the first sentence of that trailer yes they do yes they uh, do but like also that the, the, am I wrong in thinking that that movie looks like Iron Man four like it just looks like Iron yeah, Spider basically right yep. oh, yeah so exciting. Well, yeah Iron, Iron Spider with a black suit at some point yeah it's yeah. the noir it's the noir suit. But there's I mean, also that, some Iron Spider too, right? So there, yeah, he's got there the, was well, he still has some Iron Spider there. Yeah, he still has the Iron Spider suit from the Endgame fight. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, like we'll get on that for later. But I mean, it, I just want, all I was saying is like with, touching on what you said, Paul was like, I hope Happy actually has a bigger role in the coming movies, um, especially as we go through and finding out who potentially will take the Iron Man mantle uh, going forward if they want to go that direction. Um, you know because we're starting to see a lot of things come up with the, the Disney plus app with a lot of these people starting getting their own shows and stuff like that. Like that's they we can start seeing these characters develop that way. And what right now I think Iron Man in the comics is a, is a female Iron Man. I think Tony passed the mantle on on the comics. I'm not upped on Marvel, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see something like that. Obviously his daughter's a little too young. She's like what four by the end of that movie. 
But I like I've always liked Happy as a character. I've always liked him. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that's uh how about visually? What uh what worked for you guys the best? Like what was like for you as like one of the best areas of visuals? I think one of the one of the things that they did quite well uh was all of going back to the old movies. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean it, it was it was quite seamless. They did which a good job is, splicing it. Yeah, which is really hard to do. I mean, it didn't it didn't feel like, oh look, Chris Evans looks so much older now. You know, there was it, it didn't have any of those dead giveaways mm-hmm. um yeah. that it was shot at different times. So so to me that was that was pretty impressive. I I really did enjoy how how good that looked. Yeah. I think for me it was the scene where Tony Thor and uh, Cap all walked together, the three of them, the three people that started this all walking up to face Thanos together. I thought that was a great fight. Um, as much as I hate Captain America and what he got to do in that fight, um, I thought it was a fantastic fight scene. Um, I thought the just the imagery of the three of them walking up together uh, was, was great. I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, for me, it was the during that fight, like for me, like visually, right, just like a complete treat was when Peter Parker was like carrying the glove and he was running and he started to get surrounded. And he's like, oh, kill mode. And you could just like <laughs> yeah. see, see all the like the legs come off the suit. Like I thought there's the, the whole visual aspect of that scene was so good. Yeah, they did a really uh, good I job. I mean, you could tell. Like, I, I, I kind of like the comedic elements. I don't know why I'm so drawn to the the part. I guess it's just I just like smiling and laughing, right? So, like, the parts that like just put a big like shit eating grin on my face are going to be the parts that I remember the most and like the most. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> uh, character relationships. Anything uh, you guys noticed? Like things you want to talk about a lot? Like we oh. we sort of hit on a lot of stuff already, but Scarlet's. Uh... Black Widow. Oh yeah. Black Widow and Hawkeye. Like that. Yeah. That sacrifice. So, I mean, so for people, they, they go to Vesemir. I think it's Vesemir. Vesemir. Where they go to read the, so they go and they do the whole red skull thing, you know, and have to give up something you love. And, you know, from when I first saw this thing, scene, I was like, Oh great. This is, this is perfect. Hawkeye's already lost everything that he's loved. He lost his entire family. Boom. They're going to get the soul stone right away. Like he's already lost it, but it, then it dawned on me, it was like, oh, wait, it has to be a sacrifice. Right. And then that is when it was like the whole, those two just fighting with each other. And, you know, I hate the fact that it's actually turned into the, you know, on, on, around the internet, people are actually pissed about this fight scene, they're pissed about the fact that they killed Black Widow off because they feel like Hawkeye should have died because of some just, the woman dying, now the man has to do it kind of trope thing. But, I mean, if you look at it, Black Widow was a better, is the better person in melee hand-to-hand combat. She would have beaten Hawkeye, hands down, in melee hand-to-hand combat. And I, I think she did the right thing. She actually sacrificing herself to give Hawkeye that, that second chance with his family to redeem himself after Ronan. That was so impactful, you know, looking at yeah. that relationship between I, like, the two. Like, thinking about the, like, meta-narrative, like, outside storytelling stuff is bullshit for this scene. Like, it was really well done. And you also had a really good visual scene, like, from the whole part when they landed to, like, you know, Red Skull sort of floating after them and talking. Like, that whole thing was awesome. And, like, honestly, you know, it, going into the movie and talking about meta-narrative stuff, there was some contracts we knew weren't getting renewed, right? Um and, you know, and, and honestly, I didn't pay close enough attention to know where Scarlett Johansson was on that. I knew for sure 
um, that Robert Downey Jr. didn't hadn't you know was done, and Chris Evans was done. So I had a feeling they would wrap those stories up some way or another. But honestly, the the Black Widow death took me by complete surprise. And as soon as it happened, I knew it was permanent. So I was just like, oh, my God. Like, that was one of the big shockers of the movie for me. And yeah, Is it, though? So, I mean, all they're doing is talking about her having a movie. Well, she's – so it's – it's, she's not – yeah, it's a prequel, <clears throat> though. It's going to be her going through the Red Room and becoming the Black Widow. It's going through her training in Russia, her be, you know, joining the KBG, KGB. It's That's what her movie, rumored, is going to be about. Now, granted, it's a comic book movie. No one's dead for forever, you know. I obviously, suppose. I mean, we, obviously, we already know Hulk tried to bring her back with the Infinity Stones, and he could. But the thing is, is just because she didn't show up, doesn't mean he didn't bring her back, you know. And then that, that leads right. where's Gamora? Because you know, Gamora died the same way. You know, is All she right. really All gone? Right. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, but my 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 thing is, I I think it would be less impactful if they brought her back i i hope that they don't bring her back uh, and she is actually she was one of two characters i knew 100 percent was not going to make it out of that movie i don't know why i uh, and I, I wasn't following any contract stuff i just had this feeling that black widow was going to die and i knew for a fact captain america was not going was going to pass on the mantle um actually iron man was a surprise to me because originally when we – so when Civil War first came around, that's when Chris Evans was talking about quitting the first time and hanging up the shield. And Robert Downey Jr. talked him back into to continue playing the character. Because that's why Civil War happened because in Civil War, the comic books, Cap actually dies and Bucky takes over the mantle. You know, So that's where I thought that that story arc was going because Chris Evans was saying, I want out. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do, do some directing. I want to do some other stuff. And you know, I think our, uh, Robert Downey kept him in. So I knew for a fact he was done at the end of this movie. Um, Scarlet Witch dying, though, or not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow, Scarlet Johansson dying. I, I hope they don't bring her back. I, I think it was. I think it will take away from that scene if they do bring her back. You know, it's kind of funny that you say that because that was kind of how I felt at the end of Infinity War, and obviously knowing that a shit ton of the characters had to be brought back, um, I. I felt exactly like you did about the whole thing was that it, it kind of took away from it knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, there was going to be a Spider-Man movie. And, and, and see, that's that's Marvel's failing, like with them just pointing out how many movies that they're coming because they're just trying to do this marketing like, oh, this is coming and engaging interest. Like we already know, like the Immortals are coming. Uh, with you know, and we know Angelina Jolie's going. Well, be I be- I believe everything is officially just rumor, other than uh, Homecoming. Uh, no, uh, Black Panther two, Doctor Strange two. Are um, those all officially and, announced? And Immortals are all officially announced, from my understanding. And then it's the one that's up in the air is the Scarlet Witch, or I keep doing that, the Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson movie. That's the See, one. I thought I read that nothing beyond Homecoming was officially announced yet. Everything was just speculation. And that may be on. true. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of the stuff that I read, but again, I mean, actually, I think Black Panther two was confirmed after Black. Yeah, the, after yeah, I the, thought the, that one was. I think that one was confirmed after the success of Black Panther one. But again, we already knew he was going to come back. He, I knew pretty much if it was a, a new character like Ant Man, Black Panther, yeah, Spider Man, they're coming back. Like you know, your older characters. Which you could potentially throw Guardians of the Galaxy in there because they've been, they've had two movies and have been around for you know about five years now, but all your older characters weren't coming back potentially at the end right. of this. You know, 
I'm glad Thor stuck around. Uh, I absolutely love his movies. Well, except for Dark World. Dark World was horrible. Dark World's fine. It's not Dark great. World's horrible. You take Christopher Eccleston, one of the greatest actors, like, ever, and you give him, like, five lines in prosthetics. Come on. Horrible. All right. All right. Well, let's let let's let's go on to some of these things that uh, might not have worked for us. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about any, oh, any Easter sorry. eggs you guys notice, like any or anything you consider an Easter egg. So like, these movies are chock full of them, right? So pay attention to Tony's hand. So the the hand that Tony snaps with with the Infinity Gauntlet when he when he kills off Thanos's army. Go back and watch every movie that Iron Man is in since uh, since New York. So we're talking post-New York. Every single one of them, he's nursing that hand. We're talking Iron Man 3. We're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. We're talking Civil War. Every single one, he's nursing that hand in some scene. That's how far back they have been planning this. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That is... is Definitely, it seems like a like the mine is not nearly as impactful as that. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, I mean, it's um, like it's it just like look at the time, the timeline effects that it had to him as a person. Like he, he was so damaged by the Infinity Gauntlet, it reverberated through time. That's yeah, crazy. Wow. Yeah, I didn't um, pick up on that. I didn't pick up on it either. Um, for me, uh, one of my like favorite Easter eggs is like uh, actually a casting Easter egg. Um, there's an actress named uh, Yvette Nicole Brown who yeah. had a bit. Oh, that was a, great. A, had a bit part in this movie, and the reason that, that I would consider this as, as an Easter egg is because Yvette Nicole Brown was a main character in the Russo brothers TV show Community, um, and I thought it was really great for them to give her such a fun part. Uh, a little part during the the cat ca- so Cap's bunker raid uh, in this movie, uh, Cap and Tony, and I thought it was really good. I thought I thought that little casting nod was really really cool uh, of the Which Russo one brothers was she? to do. Was she the one? Oh, she she was the lady in the elevator. In the elevator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I yeah, thought that I was agree really with you, cool. Chops. That was that was great. Yeah, that was. I guess the, the there was another Easter egg too in that timeline sequence where. Uh, you find out that um, Tony's childhood butler's name was Jarvis, uh, right. and that's where he gets. <laughs> well, the name that's of the, that's where he that's gets actually the name from. Of the AI. Yeah, that's actually from uh, the uh, Peggy show series. Uh, in that, so in that, if you watch that show, uh, to, uh, Tony, when young Tony Stark is working with her, and he gives her essentially Jarvis to work for. So the guy that actually played Jarvis in the movie is the actor that played Jarvis in the Peggy uh, show. Oh, I can't remember what the cool. name of, yeah, I can't remember what the name of the show is, but so it, it but Carter. it basically, thank you, Agent Carter. So that the, so it's the same actor uh, that played Jarvis in the the show, uh, Agent Carter. So that that was a nice nice little nod as well too. Amazing. I haven't watched enough Agent Carter to have known that, but that's really cool. I I watched the first season. I really couldn't get into it. It was just a little slow. I, I really liked what <laughs> they were doing with her character. I just didn't like the show as in general. It was just a little too slow for me. How about you, Paul? I don't, Easter I, eggs? I don't. I don't have any good Easter eggs. I'm sorry. There was, right. one, there was one I thought about. There was one I did think about, and I can't remember oh. now. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any 
exciting things like that. There's a, there's kind of one that I have, but I'll wait for uh, what didn't work well for me. All right. So okay. failings. What did not work well for you guys? Okay. So this would that did not work well for me. In Guardians of the Galaxy, we see the guys that go to the collector, and the collector's hand servant touches an Infinity Stone, and she dies. Mm-hmm. We now have how many Avengers that are manhandling this gauntlet, and none of them die. One of them actually, Parker, actually brushes up against a stone. How do none of them die? That did not work. I mean, it was a great way of like showing teamwork in the movie and then working together to get the gauntlet away from Thanos and all the different ways that they're doing it. But you have these people that are not powerful enough to handle the stone because the only reason why Quill did was because he's part celestial. The rest of them are right, not... Which they talked about. Right, exactly. So like they have this big thing where they show this will kill any mortal person, any average Joe. This is going to kill them. Now, granted, Parker and Chitala and all these guys, they're not, you know, they're average Joes, but they're still mortals. And these people are grabbing the gauntlet and they're running with it. Yeah, they're not putting it on, but they're still holding on to the Infinity Stones. How are they not dying? How? And there's six of them. That didn't work for me. That bothered me. I'm going to build on that for a second there. Um you do realize that they ripped Thanos out of his own timeline, right? Yes. Which completely was against their rules of engagement slash everything. So this is where I've thought about that. I'm like, so when Stark does it, he snaps and Thanos' army disappears. Does he send Thanos' army back to his timeline or does he kill no, everybody? Because they, no, because they all dust. Right. But do they is the dusting a byproduct of them going back to their time? No, because then otherwise everybody that Thanos had sent at the end of Infinity War would have just went back in time. Oh right, so like there's one open time loop is what you're saying, right? There's one. Yeah. Well, actually, there's yeah, there's, there's one, an open time loop. There's, now, there's there's now having seen this, have, having seen the new Spider-Man trailer, that might be what the next phase is dealing with. Well, yeah, also, but until we know that. As far as as far as we know right now, it's it's you know. Well, again, so there's actually two. If you're going that direction, which I don't disagree with you, but if you go that direction, uh, we also we have two then alternate universes that have been created because Loki disappeared with a tesseract, which means he was Correct. never killed by Thanos because he disappears with the tesseract. Oh yeah, the Loki one. You're right. Yep. 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 And, so these, well, are, these unless, are either, these unless, are either unless, though, mistakes uh, or intentional. They're intentional because yeah, Loki's so Potter, getting his own only, television so show. I think you're right there, but it also could be noted that that Cap went back to before Loki did that, and when he returned the Tesseract, it reset that timeline. <laughs> Possi- possibly, right. but what I what I think it actually is is that it's Lo- Loki is getting his own television show on the Disney Plus streaming service. So I think oh, that's what that television show is like going to be. The, the Adventures going of to be, Loki and the Tesseract. Yeah, basically. So I, I think that's where All it's right. going to be is, is is it's going down that road. And that's what we're going to see what happens with them. And again, like I said, like with Spider-Man, uh, the, the next Spider-Man movie that's coming out next month, or is it this month? Um, they, I mean, they're bringing the multiverse in. You know, the Mysterio that they're bringing in is not from our Earth. 
Right. And that was when I was like, okay, maybe the, maybe this was intentional and not just bad writing. Right. Yeah. Cause that, that is a pretty significant plot hole that somehow I completely let my like magical happy juice of enjoying that movie gloss right over. So, yep. and the reason um, so the reason why Paul, I say that Stark sent everybody back in time instead of killing them with Thanos's army is because of what the, what Quill and the guardians of the galaxy are looking for. They were looking for Gamora in the timeline. So Quill is trying to find the previous version of Gamora that shows up in Endgame. And he's trying to find her because his Gamora is dead. So that's why I say that they went back in time. Is because of that scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, but you see, if we're dealing with multiverses, they could just go find a different one. True, but we didn't know we were dealing with multiverses until today when we saw the Spider-Man movie. So, But we know Marvel. True. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into another thing that really didn't work for me and and in some levels uh, tarnished the movie for me, um, and that is everything having to do with Captain Marvel. Yeah, she was there was she's a mulligan. there was no reason for them to introduce her before this film. I agree, absolutely none. They could have not had her movie. I mean, the only thing the only function she served was to get Tony out of space and then she comes back and they have the strongest person like in the universe and she's like eh I'm gonna be gone for a bit are you fucking kidding me like sure we sure maybe we didn't know Thanos was gonna show up but still like it like I couldn't I couldn't take myself out of looking at that and and going well the writer's got into a spot where they realized they had somebody so powerful that could pretty much solve everything here. And that would take away from the goodbye from our heroes. So let's just say that she's going to other planets and helping there. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, good. Go with that. Yeah. So the, my, my issue there, right. Cause there's an existential threat and they should have put the strongest thing on it for me. I don't have the same, this, my, it's funny that my thing that didn't work for me is in the same vein. It's, it has to do with Captain Marvel, but it's completely different than your complaint. My complaint is like, why did Captain Marvel, why was she determined to like get the glove back to the time machine in the van? Why didn't she just put the glove on and snap? Like, right. She yeah. would have been strong enough to do it. That's that was true. The, that that was the one thing for me. Like I even I, again, this is one of those moments where I like looked over at my wife and I was like, "Why didn't she just put it on?" Like, it, she, but and then I realized, you know, after Tony did what Tony did, like, oh, that's why she didn't put it on because, like, you know, we had to have the the you know so called plot armor uh, that right, and that and, and that's just it. They they completely uh, uh, pardon the term, but they neutered her. For the sake of of other characters, yeah. and and to me, then just don't have her or have her have her movie, and then have her show up at the extreme end of the movie to destroy the ship, you know, and be like, have her have that be the moment of where the fuck's Fury, instead of having her her waste the whole the whole thing and just being like, oh, I'm gonna go help other other places. Well, here we are going back in time trying to trying to get the stones. That you know are dangerous. Fucking have Captain Marvel do it. Yeah, I'm 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 with you a little there. Um, I just because yeah, it's just such her. a powerful and cool character, and they could have done something much cooler with her. But I loved like the parts that she was in. I liked. I just like, again, I, I was kind of like, why didn't she just use the Infinity Gauntlet? 
But yeah. Anyway. I mean, I like the yeah. nod to her cool haircut in the her current iteration. Yeah, the haircut was awesome. She was looking fierce. Yeah, see, I like I I did like the haircut because I knew that was gonna piss off all the bros because she might be too lesbian looking. Well, that's her current awesome. that's her current hair in the comics. Yeah, she looked awesome. That's how she doesn't looked- mean it's not gonna uh, piss off the bros. Uh, and like her flying through the the like Kree ship thing was amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah. right. And, and that's what I'm saying. That would have been an amazing way for her to enter the movie from the end of her film. Like, that would have been an amazing, yeah, fucking Captain Marvel's here to help. Oh, right. But they needed Not, her to save Tony. She's been... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They, but they, they could have they could have had something else happen. Yeah, they could like, have. They could have gotten Tony else. some other way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, and, and not at not at the expense of a good character. No, I agree. They, they misused her completely. That's fair. That's Cause, fair. Yeah. Because they could have used her for much cooler stuff, like stuff that was more befitting her awesome character, right? That's the... exactly. Well, hopefully we'll like, get that with Captain Marvel right. too. All, all right, right. go so, ahead. What what else you guys? So that, that's was, it. That was that's my it. that was my biggest bitch. So for me, like I didn't really, aside from her not using the gauntlet, that was the only head scratcher for me. Um, outside of that, like I don't really have like a moment that I didn't enjoy. Or like visuals I didn't really care for, or like dialogue that I thought was too hammy or cheesy. I thought overall it was very carefully written and well done. <laughs> so, oh, I, 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 I do have since you're since you went down that path, I do have one other other thing that did not work for me, um, and that was, and I think it was just more part of the experience than the actual film. Uh, I was just kind of shocked at the amount of people who were surprised that. Clint's family disappeared. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, they, you could have picked up on that in the trailers. That's what I mean. Like, ago. like, like the fact that he was out there in the trailer. I mean, the 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 reason why I felt like the reason why they put that in the trailer was so you go, oh shit, fucking Clint's family's gone, right? And mm-hmm. and and to, then to have that the first part of the movie, and then I was just I was just shocked at the amount of people that were like, oh my god, I'm like. Uh, Aubrey had to shush me because I sat there. I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew it was coming and it still hit me in the feels like in terms of that impact. But yeah, like I knew it was coming. And that's another good uh, Easter egg that they did. Uh, If you watch that scene, he's got the, uh, the uh, ankle monitor on there, which is a tie to the hilarious. Well, it's a tie to the Ant-Man and Wasp thing where they made a deal with him and Clint and both of them were on house arrest. Yeah, that's that's going all the way back to what Civil War. That's Civil War, yeah. So, uh, so for me, for worst movie moment in that, and this is only because I can't stand the character. This does happen in the comics. I hate that it happened in the comics. So I, the Russo brothers are not, you know, going off the rails on this and doing their own thing. Fucking cap wheeling Mjolnir. I hated that. Could not stand it. But again, I hate Captain America. So it was just some fan service, man. Fan well, service, again, fan it, again, service. It, it makes sense. Like, if you're going to have anyone ever be able to wield it in the Marvel Universe, it's, it's going to be Captain America. worthy of it. It's yep. going to be Captain America. He's a freaking Nancy boy. He's, you know, like, a good old boy. Does everything right. You know, well, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, but still, like, come on. He's a I did horrible like Thor's hero. Reaction, he's a horrible... He's not, even, he's not even a superhero. He's a slightly Thor's, Thor's modified... reaction human, right? was great, though. It was great. He's like, I knew it! Yep. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and again, a nice tie back to Avengers 2. 
Oh yeah, man, Thor dual wielding. Oh, that was dope. Oh, Stormbreaker was... and Mjolnir. So yeah. again, that's that's another thing that's like, okay, so he goes back in time to Dark World and he takes Mjolnir from current present day Thor. So what is Thor fighting the Dark Elves with? Well, if you if you now I, I, I stressed about that, Chris, but I worked it out. When Cap leaves he takes me only with him, Mjolnir. and the uh, I for completely yeah. missed the fact that he takes me only with him. Yeah, it's it's sitting on the platform no, next. You were correct. I I somehow missed that, but you were right. I do remember him taking that. So, oh, okay, all right, all right. Again, because yep. I was going to be really mad about that so, too. But then, so the, then... the again now now that we're talking about all the things they did carefully button up, I'm I'm going to go with the timeline being open on Thanos being in totally intentional, right? Like. Uh, like that one open thread has to be intentional because they were so care. Like that's a detail they didn't have to put in. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they think about that. They're not, they're, they're not going to miss a gaping plot hole, uh, you know, on purpose. We're not talking about game of Thrones writers here. They, uh, <laughs> they were pretty careful. And I think that was on purpose. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope so. I really do. Um, because then it, it makes the whole movie a, a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're done with our, our full discussion. Uh, it sounds like we on, on the whole really liked it. Um, before we get into our, uh, cute little questions that you came up with, Paul, I'd like you guys, if you could, uh, in some metric, give a, a metric rating, whatever metric you decide you want to give it. We just do one through 10. I don't care how you score it. But right. what, like, if it's a feeling, if it's a highly recommend, if it's a, a number, oh, okay. what, like, what's your, what, you know, whatever your whatever your preferred metric is, let me know. Tell the people how you feel about Infinity or about Endgame. I don't think the movie is everything that everyone is making it out to be with the hype. Saying that, I was highly entertained. I highly enjoyed the movie, and I highly recommend people that if you've been putting in the ten years, the eleven years, watch the movie. Is is definitely entertaining and definitely a lot of fun. Yep. Paul. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna agree with Chris on on that. Uh, that I don't think it's it's the uh, uh, the amazingness that everybody is is saying. Um, I think it definitely had its issues, and I I think uh, honestly, uh, you probably could have gotten rid of the whole second Thanos thing and still had a really good movie with them doing the time heist. Um, so, sorry, I, I had to go back to that for a second. Um, but my recommendation would be definitely see, uh, but don't believe the hype. Yeah, like I said earlier, if this was a DC movie, it would be being panned right now. Oh, God, yes. I don't know if that's true, but I will say this is, while. <laughs> not even a top five Marvel movie for me at this point in the MCU. Um, it's <clears throat> really close. Um, and I will say that even, even not being that, like for me, like it's not, a, it's not a movie that I'm going to revisit. I think as often as I've revisited some of the previous movies in the MCU. Um, but I would say that it is an incredible feat of filmmaking and storytelling. And it's a culmination that I think is unprecedented in film as we know it today uh and for that reason i think it is 100 percent worth seeing um again because of and, and i don't think anybody listening I, what was the movie made two billion dollars at this point like there aren't going to be a lot of people that haven't seen it but 
Um, I, you know, if I had to give it a number rating, I would, I would say like, because there again are five movies at least that I like better than it. I would still give it in the high eights, low nines out of 10 as a rating. It was a thoroughly enjoyable and excellent movie. Yeah, see, I, th- I, I think it gets a, a, l- a little higher number for me because of the spectacle of it, mm-hmm. uh, but but not necessarily just on the strength of the movie. Right, and that's kind of what I, that's what I was trying to drive at is that the you know the the cultural spectacle, the visual spectacle, and the just overall storytelling and, and how they've they've managed this thing kind of elevates it. Yes, yeah. yes, um, absolutely. More than the sum of its parts, right? And if you're gonna see it, see it in the theaters. You gotta see it in for the sure. Theaters. You gotta see it in theater. Yeah, definitely can recommend. Okay, but let's go to your questions, Paul, because I think they're kind of fun. So your yeah. first question is: If you could reskin a game to represent this world, what would you pick and why? Yeah. Um, do you want me to go first? I do, since you wrote the question. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> Uh, honestly, I think there's I think there's two different games here. I think you could easily skin the time heist section of the movie into an Imperial Salt style game, and I think it would yeah, work really well. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, yeah, with the with the with the different uh, 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 tiles that you could lay down, and having an app to to be like, oh look, now you're stuck on the elevator. What are you gonna do? Um, so I think that would work very well. And I also think for the end of the movie, you could totally reskin Star Wars Legion. Oh, I hate you now. Right? Think about it. Like having a, a commander as like Captain America and, you know, another commander as Ronin or Thanos. Mm. Yeah. You know you want it. Ugh. Honestly, if I were to do... If I were to do... A battle like that. I don't know if I would want something in Star Wars Legion since it's so troop based. I think I would want something more like a Malifaux or a Wild West Exodus, where it's very much character focus, but I but I can bring like you know a strike team kind of thing, like an X Force. You know, from X Men, it would be a good idea to to do that. Um, so I I would say like for me. You know, being that the the MCU as a whole is more individual fights, not mass battles, I would go with more like a Malifaux or a, a Wild West Exodus. Because I can get behind that because I I, cause even I did West, think about that. And for a even while. with Wild West Exodus, you do like you could have go down to the level of like, well, you had the Wakanda army there, so those are your hands, right? You know, you have yep. you've got Mbaku leading his you know his white gorilla tribe. You know, and your you, a couple of your hired hands are just like you know, just white gorilla troops, kind of thing. And you also get that dynamic reaction yep. uh, of a of a comic book fight. Yep. Or, or, or well, I I'm not going to say it because uh, that might be Chops's option. But if he doesn't say it, I'll come back to it. But I'm going to point out. I promise. I promise. Mine's not anything that you would have expected me to say. So you should say it. No. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. With yours. So mine is. Oh, I would want them to make i would want fantasy flight to produce uh, an rpg model or an rpg module out of genesis uh because i feel like my like thinking about when i read this question thinking about the mechanics uh and the only way that superheroes to me the only way that superheroes and their relative power levels work to me in a structured game is in a in a storytelling game 
Um, and so I think a, a Genesis or any any sort of like role playing system uh, module for something like Endgame would be highly entertaining, and that would be something that I would buy on the spot. Okay, you're right. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was thinking for the uh, 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 the the combat between the superheroes, Bushido would be a good skin. Yeah, I think so. Ooh, I think yeah. I think you're not wrong, but it's it's like so melee. Yeah, it's hard though, right? Like because of the way that the nature of superheroes, like having them fight in a structured way, is very difficult. Like uh, it's just a hard thing to pull off well. But um, I think that could work. That's like a that you could do some you could do some things and and restrict it to certain heroes, and that would work pretty well. Uh, and your second question is, were there strategic decisions made by characters in the movie that Wargamers would have done differently? And I've already said mine, and it's like Captain Marvel should have used the goddamn Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think when I wrote that question, I was specifically thinking of, of uh, uh, Captain Marvel as well, being like, don't run off to go help everybody else. Like, you're going to be helping them by sticking to the main plot line. Mm-hmm. Stop going on side quests, woman. Yep. She's playing an Elder Scrolls game, all right? She doesn't have to stick to the damn main story quest. <laughs> she's the she's the dragonborn. That's right. Um I don't know if there I mean outside of Captain Marvel, I don't know if there's anything I would have changed strategic-wise. Um I mean, cuz I think everything that they did in terms of where they sent the people when they when they sent them for the time heists um it all made sense it all made sense maybe not sending nebula back to a place where her uh, memories could get (laughs) picked up they couldn't have anticipated that though well right because none of them like this was everybody's first time meeting nebula like they don't know how much of a cyborg she is right they couldn't have anticipated yeah they couldn't have thought of that i mean banner might have been we we don't even truly know until we see her taken apart in that scene well no she was taken apart in infinity war like that. Remember, she was stretched out when he showed when he captures Gamora, and he's got. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, so he's got. He's. It was that really cool scene that they had Cara Gilliam's uh, character like completely and utterly stretched out. But when you took it from a certain point of view, it looked like she was fine from like head on. But the moment like they turned the camera, you could see like she was stretched out like extra like ten feet. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, so we, we do see that in Infinity War. But again, like this is the first time Earth's heroes are, are seeing him. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, maybe a strategic decision is Thor not reacting with his emotions in the beginning of the movie and chopping Thanos' head off uh, the way he did. Um, may have changed that a little bit just to, to interrogate Thanos a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But I mean, I think even that's a stretch. I, I, I will say a, he rolled a, a crit, though. He definitely rolled he a did. crit. <laughs> and that's how we got Dude Thor. So. Yeah, well, yeah, right. we got, we've got we uh, we got Creel fighting on Fortnite with the uh, the kids. Like, that that was a little cool nod to Yeah, that was amazing. Culture. And, like, Thor jumping on and, like, talking down to the kid. Threatening to kill, a, like, a 10-year-old on Fortnite. That was great. Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right, guys. So, final thoughts. Avengers Endgame. It was a fun movie. Go see it. Go go to IMAX. Go go see it. Um, go see it on the big screen. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm ex- <laughs> I'm excited for especially with the Spider-Man trailer. In, com- in combination with the this, the new Spider-Man trailer that dropped today, 
um, and the kind of leaks that showed up on Twitter uh, last week from a guy that was actually pretty spot on for all of his leaks for uh, um, in fit, or uh, Endgame. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with this, with the, the new movies, the Disney Plus app, with all the shows that they're planning on doing. Um, I, I think Marvel's, they're going to go strong, and I'm, in, I'm enjoying the ride. Can't wait. Yeah, my my final thoughts are this leaves me rejuvenated. I, I thought I like I was like finally maybe this will be the end of the MCU for now. Like I've loved these movies, but I've kind of you know had a little bit of MCU fatigue, and I was you know <coughs> thinking maybe this would be a way for them to you know have a little bit of a break. But I am fully rejuvenated and ready for the next phase of movies at this point. Yep, Paul. Um, bring on the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh yeah Let, let's go house of mouse keep bringing it yeah for <laughs> right. real yeah yep yep please bring on some star wars that's that's what i want that's my jam i can't wait for mandalorian oh, I, just, I want that so bad disney please just yeah, don't that, make the disney plus app like 16 dollars. just make it like it's gonna be 6.99 you didn't know that? no i didn't see the pricing bucks yeah 6.99 yes oh that's what you get with that disney money yeah, that's well, what you they, get they, since half of their, actually you know, half on, of their uh, library is already made since 1940. Yeah, also well, they're yeah. planning on they're planning on taking a, a huge loss, operating loss for the first couple of years, um, to get people on because I don't think that price is going to last. But that is the opening, <coughs> the opening price. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got the entirety of Fox's library, ABC's library now, and all the Touchstone movies. All the Disney yeah, every movies. Every episode of The Simpsons, day one. Yep. You got yep. Simpsons and American Dad, uh, Family Guy, The Orville, um, The X Files, all of the, all the show, all the comedy shows on ABC, which is you know freaking uh, Modern Family, which I I think assume that show is still popular. I don't know if it is or not anymore, but you know they're going to have a lot of options when this goes. Like you you missed you missed the impo- most important one, sir. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. What did I miss? Family matters. Uh, I guess that's true. Well, I guess I forgot about that because Disney owns a controlling controlling stake in Hulu, and Family Matters is on Hulu. So either way, they're getting their money. It's an ABC show, man. True. Yeah, you'll get all the uh, you get Boy Meets World, you'll get Family Matters. Oh, you'll get Dinosaurs. Yep, that was on Netflix for a while. My my sister hates it, but my sister looked like the baby from the dinosaurs. <laughs> we used to go around saying, "Not the mama." That's awesome. Now we do it to her kid. I'm a horrible uncle. No, you are a perfect uncle. All right, so um, we've been talking a lot. Yeah, I'm about to die. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap it up. Go ahead. Call us out. uh, All right, so uh, if you are a Patreon, we are very thankful for all of your support that we can sit around and shoot the shit. Uh, and talk about the things that we love. Uh, so thank you. If you are not a Patreon um, and you want to support us, go do that, please. Um, and if you don't want to be a Patreon, hit us up for some awesome dice. Um, you can email at us, uh, three men in a war game at gmail.com, and we will let you know how to get those. Um, thanks to Static as a City for the music at the top and bottom of the show, some awesome post hardcore. And uh, find us on social media at Three Men in a War Game. It's the number three, not the word. And I think that's it. 
that's it. That's, that's enough it. for me. Um, thanks, thanks for listening. And and next week we'll be back with with some more uh, deep dives into Wild West Exodus. Indeed. Bye. Thanks, everybody. I'm working on my uh, legendary space ghost wolf. Space ghost. Also, Dude, I got a. I that killed me on Saturday. <laughs> I picked up the ghost wolf on Saturday. And he was like, legendary space wolf ghost wolf. <laughs> oh my god. And it's in, it's in space wolf gray. <laughs> well, yeah. Because any space ghost wolf because he can on the on the board he can go coast to coast <laughs>